Welcome to this day in history class. It's July 16th. Ida B. Wells Barnett was born on this day in 1862. And let me tell you, Ida B. Wells Barnett never gave up. She was enslaved from birth, born to enslaved parents, and marriages between enslaved people weren't legally recognized. But after the end of the Civil War, her parents got their marriage formalized. They made sure that Ida and her siblings got an education. It was incredibly important to both of them. Her mother actually enrolled in school as well so that she could educate herself, give herself the education she had not been allowed while enslaved. But then, when she was 16, Both of Ida B. Wells' parents died in a yellow fever epidemic. She was away visiting her grandparents at the time. Everybody tried to stop her from going back home. There weren't even any passenger trains running because the epidemic was so bad. She took a freight train back to her hometown of Holly Springs, Mississippi, to look after her surviving siblings. Her baby brother had actually also died by the time she got there. And when she heard her father's brothers from the Masonic Lodge talking about how they were going to split up the children and take them in groups of ones and twos, Ida B. Wells said no, they were not. She refused to let them do that. She said that if her father's brothers from the Masonic Lodge helped her find a job, she would take care of all of her siblings. She was 16 years old. She got a job as a teacher. She didn't give up pursuing her own education, though. She kept up with that while she was studying. After a while, she moved to Memphis with her two youngest sisters. That was in 1881. And she kept working as a teacher. She had to commute back and forth by train for this job. And after doing this for about two years without incident, she was on her way back from a trip to Holly Springs one day when a conductor told her she would have to leave the ladies' car. She refused. She had paid for a first-class ticket on the lady's car. The conductor insisted, and she refused again, so he took her baggage to the forward car, expecting that she would follow her stuff if he moved it, but she did not. She again refused to move, so he tried to remove her bodily from her seat. She dug in and then bit him. Ultimately, she was removed from the train by force, and she wound up filing not one but two lawsuits about it. The first one wasn't even settled when she was taken off the train again. This was one of the things that led her to become more politically active. She started a career in journalism under the pen name of Iola. And then three men that she knew were lynched in Memphis. They had been trying to defend their grocery store against a white mob. She started focusing a lot of her writing and a lot of her investigative journalism on lynching. She was calling attention to how many black men were being murdered for alleged crimes totally outside of the law. A lynch mob actually formed to come after her and the co-owner of the newspaper that she was running. She was actually out of town at the time. She did not even go back to Memphis to try to get her belongings after this happened. But once again, she did not back down. Investigating lynching became the work that she would pursue for the rest of her life. She mounted a huge anti-lynching crusade that involved multiple trips across the Atlantic Ocean to the United Kingdom. Even though Southern legislators blocked several attempts to pass federal anti-lynching legislation, she never abandoned this work, and she kept it going after she married Ferdinand Lee Barnett on June 27th of 1895. Although her work did slow down a little bit as she had and raised children, it didn't stop. People had criticized her for not being married before she got married. She was 32 at the time of her marriage, and now they criticized her for getting married, basically saying that she had important work to do and she didn't need to be wasting time on a marriage and children. 
But number one, she wanted to get married and have children. Number two, she and her husband had found in each other someone who could help them with the work that they were doing and actually make it more possible for them to be able to do it. Late in Wells Barnett's life, she went to a Negro History Week event where the speaker had written a book on the subject. The field of Negro history was just forming and would, of course, later become Black history. This book did not mention her or her anti-lynching campaign at all, so she once again refused to give up and got to work writing her own autobiography so that there would be a record of what she had done. Her daughter edited this book and had it published after her death. It came out in 1970. Ida B. Wells died on March 25th of 1931 at the age of 69, and you can learn more about Ida B. Wells Barnett on the Stuff You Missed in History class episode from June 4th, 2018. And you can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for a famous mass execution. 